Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for and then find it to the full. That's what Jesus said in John 10.10. And we're wrapping up this series called Financial Fitness as Pastor Sean focuses on the investment of generosity and the reminder that you can't take it with you but you can send it ahead. It's time for Real Life Radio. We've walked through some things, and I've heard such cool testimonies. You know, whenever we talk about finances, kind of some people process, and the Lord really does some stuff, and I think that's a, a, an awesome thing. But something's happened this time. I'm, I'm hearing feedback from small groups. I'm hearing feedback from people that God is really doing something. Remember, a theme for this year has been this idea of strengthening, Set, dig, letting the roots go deeper. And one of those issues that is keeping us from being the people God wants us to be, from doing the things that he's called us to do, is money problems. It's financial hang-ups. And so we tackled this thing head-on, and we've really walked through the scriptures and seen some powerful truth. Remember, we started out talking about realities. You've got to begin with the realities. If you're operating outside of the reality as God designed and intended it, I don't care what you do, you're going to be bumping into walls. And you're not going to be able to have your finances be blessing. They're going to end up looking more like curses. That's what the scripture says. We talked about contentment. Remember we talked about taming the beast? If you can deal with discontent and the root of discontent, where does that come from? What is that? All these messages, by the way, are at reallife.org if you want to go back and check out any of these. We looked at moving from fear to faith because that's one of the things that hangs up so many of us when it comes to finance is fear. Flat out. We, if we look back and kind of chronicle our decisions, we recognize most of our decisions are fear-based, not based on faith. And we saw that God gave us this tool, we call it a bridge, from, to cross over from fear to faith. And that bridge was this thing called the tithe. This thing called the tithe, because Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Remember, we said, that's a way to train your heart. He wasn't telling us your, your giving will be a reflection of your heart, which made more sense to us. What he was actually saying, he was giving us a secret in how to train our heart. If we find our heart is fearful, if we find our heart is doubting, if we find our heart is not lined up, if we find actually the truth is, you know, riches I kind of heed, and man's empty praise I sometimes like. If that's really where you find yourself, a way to train your heart, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Jesus was teaching us how to discipline our heart by the allocation of our finances. And this thing, the tithe, was such a covenant of God's provision and blessing. And we just saw powerful things happen. And so many people took that challenge to say, you know what, I haven't been, but I'm going to. For 90 days, I'm going to test the Lord just like his word tells me to do. And we've just heard cool testimonies. In fact, next week I'm going to share some of those. Um, Pretty awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. We talked about work. We talked about just how how we approach our work, because that's how we make our money and our resources. And last week, we kind of got very nuts and bolts and just talked about habits, budgeting, saving, and looked at the biblical root of those and how to do that. And, you you know, for some of you, you might have gone, well, that's pretty basic stuff, and that was kind of review. You have no idea how many of the people in the rows with you, that was powerful new information that set them on a path that's going to lead to life change. And as I told you before, what you believe is going, to cha- is going to affect how you receive any of this. You, you have to decide, do you believe that there are these two realms that exist? There's the spiritual realm and the physical realm. We live in the physical realm, but we also live in the spiritual realm. The spiritual realm is not figurative. It's not metaphorical. It's real. It's tangible. It is literal. 
It's not physical, but it is literal. And if you understand that, and what you believe about that is going to affect how you receive everything that we've talked about and what we're going to talk about this morning. Because if this world is all there is, then all that we've talked about is just feel-good kind of posturing. Because one of the things we talked about, the reason your faith can be so built through finances is because it's math. When you watch God do what the math says can't happen, your faith is built. And all of a sudden, it's not just in this very practical, almost mundane area of resources and finances, but now all of a sudden, my relationship with my kids is different. How I raise my kids is different because of the belief that I gained by dealing with money and stuff because it's just math. And when I see God do stuff that I go, okay, the math doesn't work, but yet I see it. My faith is built. And it affects how I operate at work, how I operate in the neighborhood, my business, all this stuff. Okay? So this idea of the spiritual world, Paul in Philippians chapter 4, I want you to flip over there if you have your Bibles, he presents this idea of almost two economies. And it's just a little phrase, but it's kind of striking when you stop and think about it. He's talking to the church at Philippi. Paul, you remember Paul is writing these letters and he's establishing churches. That's what he's doing. These letters are to people who become followers of Jesus Christ. Many of them don't know anything. But these believers at Philippi had been generous and helped support Paul's mission because he was going and traveling and supporting all kinds of ministries. He was often imprisoned for his stand and for his work. And this church shared with him. Verse 14 of Philippians 4 says, Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in this matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in need, in Thess- or for even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Not that I'm looking for a gift, but I'm looking for what may be credited to your account. I've received full payment, and even more, I'm amply supplied, now that I've received from Epaphroditus the gift you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Did you know that passage that we quote so often, 419, was relating to people who were generous and who gave? What I want to focus on, though, is verse 17. Not that I'm looking for a gift, but I'm looking for what may be credited to your account. That made my ears perk up. I have an account. Sounds kind of good, because far too often in my life I've had no accounts. You know, I mean, bill collectors, they say I have an account, but I'm, I'm talking about, you know, the kind of account where stuff goes in, not stuff, you know, supposed to come out. And Paul says, wait a minute, I'm looking for what may be credited to your account. We have an account. Did you know that? That's good news. We've said several times throughout this course of discussions, you can't take it with you, right? You can't take it with you. But I do want to suggest something. In Matthew chapter 6, beginning at verse 19 through verse 21, Jesus alludes to this idea of the second world and even this idea of this account. He says, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And there's that passage again on how to train your heart. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. But remember we told you in, in the first teaching in the series, we, we talked about the parable of the talents and how Jesus was telling us, this is what it's going to be like. And because he looked back, it's like, and this is what it is like right now. And we, we draw, drew some truth from that. He's doing that again. He's kind of pulling back the curtain. He's saying, here's a fact you can take to the bank. 
the stuff you have, the money, the treasure, moth, rust, thieves. You know, that's that whole idea. You can't take it with you, all right? One day it's going to erode, it's going to deteriorate, it's going to go to someone else. You come in with nothing, you leave with nothing. We know that. This is empirical truth. Jesus is kind of stating the obvious, that we could all observe and go, yep, that's just true. But then he says something, don't lay up for yourself treasure here on earth where moth rusts, thieves, but instead lay up for yourself treasure in heaven. Now this is the interesting part, where they can't touch it. Don't store it up here, store it up there. He's saying, you're seeing this side, and you know the frustration that, you know, he who dies with the most toys still just dies. He's dead, right? Okay? That's the end of the story. All right? He who dies with the most toys is as dead as the next guy. All right? Jesus is saying, but, and he pulls back the curtain, you have an account here. You can store up treasure here. This is the best investment advice you and I are ever going to get. This is actually so good it should be illegal. It's technically insider trading. Technically, we've been given the inside scoop on reality. Jesus said moths, rust will destroy, thieves will steal, but there is something that can be done. As I've talked with investment advisors, and in the context of this series, I I did. I talked to a couple different folks. And and the the strategy, okay, you want to do it well, Think long-term, okay, and be patient. When you invest, do not look for that quick score, all right? You're only a few steps better than a bank robber. If you're looking for the quick score, because the quick score almost never works. I mean, yes, there are those who lightning struck and got lucky. Great. That is not wise investment strategy. As you invest your finances for retirement, for things like that, think long-term, think patience. Well, in the same spirit, the idea of long-term, Jesus is saying there is a reality that you need to know about, and it is investment advice so good, like I said, it should be illegal. You can't take it with you, but you can send it ahead. That's what Jesus is saying. In fact, not only can we send it ahead, throughout the New Testament, we are commanded to send it ahead. Matthew 19, 21 says, go, sell your possessions, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Not you might, Jesus isn't being flippant here. He's not kind of writing a little poem. He's speaking plain truth. Give to the poor, sell your possessions, and you will have treasure in heaven. Matthew 10, 42, if anyone gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones, because he's my disciple, I tell you the truth, he will certainly not lose his reward. Do you believe what Jesus is saying? Or do you think Jesus, eh, he's well intended, but yeah, this is not so true. You got to decide what you believe. What Paul, we just read it, Philippians 4, 17. Not that I'm looking for a gift, but I'm looking for what may be credited to your account. Giving is how we send it ahead. Such a powerful investment thing. The whole thing about the money thing, though, is we get so caught up in what's happening here, we lose sight. In talking about this, our team kind of came to put together a nice illustration of that. Why don't you take a look? So how's the family? They're good, man. The uh, wife is pregnant again. Really? Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Boy or girl? We don't know yet. Uh, we'll find out soon, though. You will. <laughs> so did you, give, uh, did you get the contract I sent over? I did. And, uh, Ryan, we need to talk. About? Um, yeah, some of the documents you sent over I was comfortable with and we initially talked through, but um, my lawyer went through some of them, and uh, I think we need to renegotiate. This is ridiculous. Okay, so if you look at the first point we made, I'm going to go ahead and guarantee, my company is going to guarantee that you at least get a 4% return in your first year. 
Right, but what about the next year? Nobody makes guarantees like that in the real estate I industry. I need guarantees like that, Ryan. If I'm going to invest this money, that's what I've got to have. You know that I can't make a guarantee on a fluctuating economy. All right, so let's look at this, okay? Are you okay with 35%? 35% is good. Times your 3% residual from five. Can't do 3%, Ryan. You got to help me. You got to help me. You got to be a team with me. We got to be a team. We got to be a team. No, no, no. You, sir, are trying to cheat my company, and I will not allow it. I built this temple of finance and wealth, and I will not see it lost to some buffoon. I gave you Park Place. You gave me Park Place for 35% of my general income and 4% for five years, or five turns, if you will, of boardwalk. You can, and you I will not, sir. I passed go two hours ago, and I need my 200 bucks. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Ah! Yeah! So many thoughts running through our heads right now. The foremost, foremost is, what does that staff do all week? <laughs> How many of you have ever uh, seen a, a, a Monopoly game get emotional? Anybody? <laughs> You ever had it get weird and kind of with loved ones, friends and family? The beautiful thing is the closer the people are to you, the more you love them, the more fun it is to crush them, to slowly choke them out of existence. Here's the thing. You ever, you play the Monopoly game, you get emotional and stuff, because one of the reasons is I think it's like a four-hour game. You've got so much time invested, all right? But but at the end, you realize this is silly because it all goes back in the box. You know, I, I hate to tell you, it's not real. Okay, real money's not pink. Okay, it doesn't have pastel colors. I mean, if we would keep that in mind, Monopoly might be a lot more fun. It all goes back in the box. And what Jesus is saying is in life, it all goes back in the box. Be aware. Don't forget. It all goes back in the box. This is not all there is. This is not the long-term picture. Don't lose perspective. And there's another lesson to be learned in Monopoly that is so spiritually relevant. I want you to hear this. You're going to thank me for this. This is worth the price of admission today. And it is this. Do you realize you can convert Monopoly money into real-life currency? We want to take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in a series called Financial Fitness. And if you'd like to hear this full message or even watch the video podcast from Pastor Sean, it's available right now on demand at the River City website called reallife.org. And if you'd like to come visit River City Community Church, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. 
Come find out more at River City Community Church. And back to this message called The Investment of Generosity. This is Real Life Radio. Do you realize you can convert monopoly money into real life currency? Did you know that? Oh, yes, you can. You see, here's how it's done. You're playing with your family. You're playing with your wife, gentlemen. And all of us, you go, honey, you know, you go ahead. You can have boardwalk, sweet thing. Baby, of course, you can have park place too, baby. You don't have to pay. You don't have to pay rent on my, my place. I know you're a little tight on cash. You go ahead. The kids are getting mad. Why? Why is mom getting to Because mama's with daddy. Daddy loves mama. You go ahead, baby. And you just let her go on by. You pass go twice, sweet thing. You get 400 when you pass go. Do you realize what's happened? That paper money that's going back in the box, none of it's real, none of it's, you just converted into real currency with gentlemen, as you know, will pay off later. You understand the principle. (laughs) You know the simple principle. You can't do anything. It all goes back in the box, but you can actually convert it to real currency by being generous. Jesus is saying that ridiculous little illustration that we just laid out for you is actually true. It's true. He's saying that you actually can send it ahead by being someone who gives, that there's a whole different reality, a whole different economy. And if you keep your eyes on that, if you get so locked up in this economy, whether it's a a monopoly box or whether it's business investment money here, you, you are losing sight of the big picture. Martin Luther said, I've held many things in my hand and I've lost them all. But whatever I've placed in God's hands, that I still possess. My challenge for us this morning is simply to not waste it all here, but to take some with us. Like Jesus said, take some with you, but you can't take it with you. Actually, Jesus says you can send it ahead. So do it. Here's the main point. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down and you might want to use the note sheets. I'm going to share a lot of scripture with you and share some things and and you'll want to make some notes. But main point, if I keep it, I lose it. If I give it, I keep it. That's the point. It's that simple. If I keep it, I lose it. If I give it, I keep it. That's the best investment advice advice you'll ever receive. And it's 100% guaranteed by the word of God. If I keep it, I lose it. If I give it, I keep it. Say that with me. I, don't, I, I try not to do that too much, but I, I want you to say that one thing. If I keep it, I lose it. If I give it, I keep it. One more time. If I keep it, I lose it. If I give it, I keep it. That's the gift of generosity, the investment of generosity. Now, one more passage of scripture I kind of want to unpack for you. It's because it's so, such a beautiful self-contained seminar on generosity. 2 Corinthians 9. Flip over to 2 Corinthians 9. We're going to begin reading at verse 6. The Apostle Paul, he's writing to the church at Corinth, and he's teaching them about generosity. And this few verses here, 6 through 15, has so much teaching on generosity. You know, we're, we're now moving to graduate level. Everything we've talked about at this before, we've talked about the heart issues. Remember we, we said most money issues, money issues usually aren't money issues. They're usually maturity issues. Money issues are rarely really money issues. They're almost always maturity issues. And Paul gives this talk about generosity because generosity is kind of the payoff. Right? We've, talk, we've talked about budgeting and, and good stewardship. We've talked about faith. We've talked about tithing as, as that discipline and as that connection in the community. We've talked about all these disciplines, and you're beginning to see movement. I talked with one brother beforehand who, who is already seeing God do amazing things in his life since he, just in the last few months, has started to make some financial steps and some disciplines in his life. So you, I hope you're starting to see that. You're starting to see God's hand. You're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. 
even if you've just kind of entered in. But I want you to know this idea of generosity, not only is it the very heart of God, but it's the payoff. It's part of the gift at the end. Let's read what Paul says. He says, remember this. This is 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Now, you do realize the collective response to that from the believers in Corinth would have been, duh. Because they're agricultural. They totally understood agriculture. And it's like, well, that's obvious. They don't yet know he's really talking about generosity. Whoever sows sparingly will reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. You can't reap what you haven't sown. Duh. But then Paul goes, each man should give what he's decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but it's also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. I love that idea. Not only when you are generous does it bless someone on the other end of that gift. He says, but it results in expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service which you've proved prove yourself, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Well, wait a minute. He's talking to us about giving a gift, about being generous people. Maybe the real key is there's a gift for us in that. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. This is a total, these few verses here, just a seminar on the beautiful heart of generosity that God wants us to enjoy and God wants us to live in. A couple observations from this passage. Number one, generosity recognizes that God gave first. Generosity recognizes that God gave first. Okay, understood. He's the first giver. We we know this, right? We've looked at it throughout this series, the, you know, Psalm... 24, the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Silver is mine. The gold is mine. It's all God's. He is the first giver and his nature is to give. Generosity is a recognition that, wait a minute, God gave to me first. He is the ultimate giver. Genesis 1.29, God gave man every plant to eat from. John 3.16, a passage we quote so frequently. God so loved the world that he what? He gave his son. Acts 17.25, He's not served by human hands as if he needed anything. I, lo- I love this. <laughs> I love that phrase. It's like it, when, when you talk about giving to God, it's not like God's sitting there kind of on a street corner with a cup, kind of help me out. I'm a little hurting right now. You know, people aren't giving like they used to. Heaven's getting kind of run down. You know, it, he's like, he, he's not served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. He's the ultimate giver. 1 Timothy 6, 17 says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Do you recognize how giving God is? 
I mean, really. Because I think it's easy for us sometimes to get focused on what we don't have, you know, and start going, boy, I wish I had this, wish I had this, wish I had this. And, and that is such a waste of time because all that does is rob us of what we already have. Because when our focus is on what we don't have and what we hope to get, what we hope to get, we talked about this in the contentment talk, right? When our focus is there, we totally forget all the blessings that we do have. How do you see God? Do you see him as generous? Do you see him as the ultimate giver? Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Real Life Radio in this series called Financial Fitness. And if you'd like to hear the full unedited message and this whole series, it's available right now when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to come and visit us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park. See all the details, directions, and service times also at reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262. As Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church, we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people, and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Atama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church.